Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Hey, Gonzo. Hey, Steve. How you doing? <sighs> I don't know. I've been, I've been kind of down, like... We, you came over. It was my birthday. I'm not down about I was my birthday. Say, you look a little wiser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my birthday was great. We had a great birthday weekend. It was fun. Did anybody bring you anything? Yeah, someone, some really awesome guy brought me some uh, smoked ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I ate like all of them for dinner the very next day. It was so good. <laughs> there was so many. <laughs> yeah, there was a ton of. Oh, Bonnie ate some too. No, they were good. I'm just. I don't know. It's like, obviously, we know about this shooting in Texas. And I've just, I've just been really sad about that. And I don't know. I feel like everything I've seen, it immediately, the children, I felt like, were erased almost immediately. And people very passionately begin to argue about guns. And... I don't, I don't have a solution for guns or whatever. It's just like, whatever. I don't care. I don't care about guns. Well, I know in our discussions, your big thing was like the people that argue that it's a fun hobby. It's like, but when your hobby is killing people, yeah. The but thing, at the I, same time, it's a constitutional protected right. I get it. I get. I get all that stuff. I get it. But I'm, the kids, you're right. But I was just like, a whole bunch of kids died, and uh, I don't know. It's like they didn't have to die, and I'm really sad about that. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I've just been thinking about, I mean, that night, I like came home and I just hugged my kids really tight, you know, because I want them to live long, happy, fulfilling lives. And I feel like these kids aren't going to get that. Oh, I know. These kids aren't going to get that. And it was taken from them. And that sucks. <laughs> it just, that sucks. Yeah. So, and it's just been hard because all I've seen is people really angry about guns. And I don't know. I don't, I get it. I get being angry and fighting about guns, but I just wish we would have taken a second to just be like, this really sucks. And then yesterday there was another mass shooting and like more people died and you know, no one's going to remember them or I guess some people are, but we're just going to use it to yell at each other, you know, and I feel like a lot of people are just, you know, you're not going to change people's minds about guns. You either love them or you don't love them and. You know, you either want gun control or you want total gun freedom. I don't think people are right now, it's like, going to listen to each other or change their minds. And it just sucks that people die. Of, people like are dying. Innocent little children. Especially children. Yeah. And we also had uh, one of our classmates. Yeah. That, Mary Lee. Yeah, she Mary Lee died. died. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, you and I have talked about this where... There's just a lot of young people dying. Like one of our one of our friends and our leaders in our ward growing up, he had like his 19 year old son die in a jeep accident. Yeah, and then like one of my buddies, he's 40 years old, like he died in a plane crash, and it just 
really sad to me, kind of like you're, you're getting emotional about this and it's really sad when it just, it's totally avoidable. And these children, these young people that have so much life to live and so much like goodness to bring to the world, they just won't get to. And it, it's a bummer. Like, it's just really sad. And I don't know. I, I also think back, you know, we had James Johnson a, a few months back and he's like, Hey, I think like suffering helps us be more empathetic. And I get it, but it's like, it doesn't help those kids, you know? It, I don't know. And not to like bash on James because he's, he's the sweetest guy. I love him. But I don't know. I've just been thinking about that. And I've, and you know, we have, I guess we're going over on this, but we have Danny on. And you guys, I don't know if you guys know, but we record the intro like after we've talked to the people. <laughs> so it's just like, I guess, whatever. But she talks about faith, like, and, you know, as I've, in the past, I used to think like, it's fine. It's fine. Those kids died because they're in heaven with, with God. And it's going to be, it's, everything's going to be okay. But now I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if everything's going to be okay. And I'm not sure if those kids are with God. And that just makes it suck. So sorry to be a downer. I just, I don't know. I guess when you came over, I was thinking about that too. When you came over with ribs, I was thinking about it. And then like the conversation just turned into gun talk. And I'm like, I don't care about gun talk. Like, I guess like, I get it, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just sad about it. I think back to your comment about James, it, I think that it it does create the empathy. And think of it, like you, while it is a sad thing, absolutely, it's devastating, you hugged your kids a little tighter that night. And it maybe can, a tragedy like this can be kind of a wake-up call or a kick in the butt that a parent might need to like, man, I need to appreciate my kids more because I might not have them tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess if you're kind of grasping at straws or looking for a silver lining, that could be something where it's just, it, it's sad and it's sad because it's happening more often and the debate is full of anger. And so it's so, it's so angry. It's so angry. It seems like it's reflective of every other aspect, everything that everybody argues about. Like we're becoming a society of people that can't like can't we, look we, for common sense solutions. Yeah, or, or yeah. like look like either disagree better or learn to argue or be more open minded or be willing to listen. And I think maybe that's just a lesson that we, you know, can look at and try to bring to the world. This is a different kind of intro than we've Yeah, had. sorry. I don't know. I I've just been like I don't know. Just I've been thinking about that. I don't know. And it's just been for the last, like, was a week and a half or whatever. I've just been, you know, in the quiet moments, I'm thinking about that. And it's just like, it's different than, for me personally, than Sandy Hook. You know, I was really upset about Sandy Hook, but I was mad. I was mad that, that this happened. But, you know, I was at a different place personally with faith, I guess. And this time I'm, it made me really sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's just something that we all get to hopefully just kind of reflect on and think yeah. about and 
And uh, I don't know. I guess if for anyone listening, just I guess hug the people you love. Yeah, just do what you can. Um, tonight we are having an interview. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and that and that <laughs> sucks for Danny's episode. Maybe I cut all this out. Like, nah, I don't know. It's just like. Yeah, Danny's episode is really good. <laughs> yeah, we had an awesome conversation with Danny. So, um, Danny stalking in high school. Danny Freeberg. <laughs> so, here's our conversation with Danny. Yeah, here, enjoy. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. So great to see you. I was going to say, like, when I think you emailed me and you're like, hey, I'll be on. It's like, like next week or something. I think you were surprised. We're like, oh, uh, June. We're like, oh, no, sorry. You guys were booked like five, six months out, <laughs> which I think just speaks to how awesome the podcast is and how much people are enjoying it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy you listen. I'm happy. We're so happy to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. Andy and Hamza were like texting me shortly before the holidays and kind of harassing me saying, you got to do it. You got to do it. And, you know, like many other people, have shared I kind of thought like what am I gonna like share or talk about but I just so enjoyed just hearing about people's journeys post high school that I thought all right I'll I'll give it a go and just to see you guys and say hi is worth it too so we've been we've been like looking forward what did those guys say about being on did they give you any tips (laughs) they did not really give me any tips share share the secret (laughs) behind the scenes Andy was just like, I'm going to text Gonzo right now and tell him you're down. I was like, uh, I'm not really quite ready for that. But yeah, they just they just said it was really fun and that I should do it. So, Oh, cool. Well, catch us up on your life a little bit. What's been, what's the last 18 years been like? Yeah, gosh. Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying that um, I hope that I'm articulate this evening. I am nearly 37 weeks pregnant. So if I have like word finding problems or my memory <laughs> isn't super great, please, uh, please forgive me. I, I jotted down some notes in an attempt to like be able to formulate clear thoughts tonight. But um, yeah, so after graduation, I went to the University of Utah right away. I started taking credits to get a degree in psychology, but then quickly discovered the field of occupational therapy therapy and decided that that's what I wanted to pursue, which is a master's degree. So I, you know, finished my bachelor's at the U. Sometime around 20, 21 years old, I met my husband. He went to Westminster, but we we met and started dating. I graduated with my bachelor's and then was able to get into the master's program in occupational therapy at the University of Utah. And so that was a three-year program that I did. And then a month after I graduated, my husband and I got married. We just celebrated our 11th wedding anniversary yesterday. Oh, congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. So that was kind of like big time of change in life, graduating, starting a career, getting married. So yeah, as an occupational therapist, I primarily have worked with children, um, birth to three, mostly kids with autism spectrum disorder, kids with developmental Delays, Gonzo, I so appreciate your transparency is sharing about your kiddo and, and your journey. So I work with a lot of families like yours and just helping them navigate that, helping their child to um, function as best they can in our world. Um, and we and love after, occupational therapists. I feel like they're super hands-on with like giving us like tons of tips and tricks of like good. to help us with Ollie. Like the occupational therapists have been, I think, uh, the best for us, like have have helped a ton. So we really appreciate it. It's an awesome oh, like profession. That's wonderful to hear. I'm so glad you've had a positive experience. I 
I mean, probably like others who may be listening, when I first heard about it, I just assumed it was people that helped others like find jobs or get back to jobs because of that term occupation, but it's much more broad than that. And I just chose to go into pediatrics. So that was really rewarding. Um, I did that for a handful of years and then kind of started to think about, you know, maybe down the line, I would like to do some teaching, uh, be an OT educator. So I decided to go back and pursue my doctorate. So I did my um, doctorate in occupational therapy from the University of Utah as well and finished that in 2017 and kind of started to do like be a lab assistant in the OT program as I was finishing my degree, get some teaching under my belt. Yeah. And so it was just doing like the work I was working full time, doing school part time, just enjoying life, living in Salt Lake City, graduated in 2017. And then my husband was like, hey, I would really like to start thinking about getting out of Salt Lake and trying something different. He is extremely different from me. He's the exact opposite of the person type of person I thought I would end up with. So he's a freelance photographer and does writing and directing super artistic and creative. He's like, I'd really and he was working in Los Angeles all the time. He was like, I'd like to be in Los Angeles. And I was like, Okay, you can bye. (laughs) I'm not living in LA. But he was, you know, he was with me through my master's and my doctorate and was always super supportive of my career. So I thought, only right that I returned the favor. So in 2018, we moved to Los Angeles. And um, I took a job as a full time professor in an OT program here. And that's what we've been doing. We've since moved to Pasadena suburb of Los Angeles. I teach full time. And um, for many years, we were just super focused on our careers and, you know, our friends and family and, and didn't really envision ourselves as parents. But now, we are here and about to start that journey in just a few weeks. So that's kind of, yeah, long story short of what I've been up to in the last several years. That's awesome. Do you like Pasadena? I love Pasadena. I mean, yes, I love the weather, right? Like it's so nice. It's beautiful weather. Yeah. I mean, it does get pretty hot in like, it's hard. The first year I was here, I was like, wait, so it's like a hundred degrees in October. Like it really threw me off. I was like ready for fall. You know, so it does get warm, but it's, you know, nine months a year. It is like 75 and gorgeous. So I, you know, the cost of living is rough. There's yeah. the LA traffic situation, but it's a choice we made and um, and we really are enjoying being here. I don't know, you know, I don't know if we'll be here forever, but we're here for now and we're really enjoying it. So is your, yeah. is your husband loving being down there and like being in that scene? If that's what he, that's what he does. Yeah, I think sometimes. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. The life of a freelancer can be pretty rough, like waiting for people to call you and hire you. And so sometimes it's booming, sometimes it's kind of quiet. The pandemic was obviously very rough for all artists, all in the creative industry and others too. So that was like a little bit rough, but we're, we're committed to being here for the time being. Well, tell us... Very different what... than Utah. Very different than Utah. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... People are moving here from California all the time. So if you ever move back, maybe you'll, you'll yeah, feel right. Think at about home. Saratoga Springs. Yeah. <laughs> when we, the year that we moved here, like we sold our house, my brother sold his house, my parents sold their house, and their my immediate family still in Salt Lake. But we just happened to all be selling our house kind of around the same time. We all sold to Californians. <laughs> so yeah, I'm fine. Like if people from California want to go elsewhere, like please, we don't need so many people here. Lighten up so. the traffic. <laughs> Please. That's so funny. Exactly. Well, Danny, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself in high school. Who who were you? Tell us 
who Danny was. Yeah. This has probably been one of my favorite parts of listening to your podcast. It's just given me a lot of opportunity to reflect on like who do, how did I see myself at, as um, you know a teenager in, in high school and I've kind of landed on a two-part answer. So first I would say I would describe myself as being really involved. I felt like I had a lot of interests and was pretty driven and so kind of joined a lot of different groups and was involved in different things. You know, I was on the soccer team for a couple of years. I did deck guide, did peer leadership team, I did student government for a while. And I'm really thankful for those experiences because they helped me to make friends with a lot of different groups and interact with a lot of different people that I may not have otherwise. And there was definitely like a somewhat selfish aspect of it that I was like, hopefully all these extracurriculars will help me get into school and like maybe get a scholarship. But I really, I really just did enjoy like trying different things and getting to connect with different people. And I think it resulted in me having kind of like a well-rounded high school experience and, and overall just a really positive high school experience. Like my husband hated high school and he's just always like baffled at how like positive <laughs> my high school experience. So, and I think a lot of it has to do with the people that I was able to engage with and interact with in kind of these different groups and clubs and teams I was involved with. So yeah, like involved and driven is, is one thing that came to mind for me. Um, the other one that came to mind, and this is something that I, people that were kind of in my closest friend group would know about, but perhaps I don't even know if you guys would know this, but um, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was a junior in high school. And so there was a big part of my identity that kind of felt like a, like the sick girl a little bit. Like I was pretty sick when I was first diagnosed. And so I, that really challenged my identity. I had to, I had to quit the soccer team. I had to stop doing a lot of extracurriculars that particular year in high school as my doctors just tried to figure out like my medication and try to get all my symptoms under control. Yeah, I, I looked very, very different. So, um, you know, just like my physical appearance changed with these different symptoms. And when you're in high school, you just don't ever want to be like different, right? So, you know, it's not like I was like keeping it or hiding it from people, but I definitely didn't like shout it out. Like only really my close friends knew about it or, or knew about like the really hard struggle, especially initially in the beginning when I was like trying to, the doctors were trying to figure out what was going on and try to figure out my medication and whatnot. So I'd say junior year was like pretty rough and I, it really caused me to have like an identity shift. Like I'm not, I had, I had a lot of um, identity wrapped up in being on the soccer team, I think, even though I wasn't even like that great of a player, but I just really enjoyed being on the team and they were so nice. Like they were like, you can, you know, you can still be like a part of the team and you can like travel with us and you can like take all of our stats and stuff. So they like my junior year, they like <laughs> let me like stay involved and whatnot, which was really nice of the coaches. But um, it just got to a point where I had to let it go. And um, yeah, so I think that those are the two, two kind of ways that I view myself. There's like this kind of involved, really driven side of me. And then there was this period of time where I underwent like a big identity shift and honestly had to grow up kind of quickly in response to receiving this like lifelong autoimmune disease that I still deal with today. When you, when you were diagnosed with that and you, you say you have this identity shift, what was the biggest shift? Like what was the big change? I think it, that's a really good question. And I think it is, it was that shift away from being like, I'm super involved and driven and I do all the things in high school to being like, I can't do most of these anymore. Like 
I really need to learn how to manage my stress and better manage my time and be more thoughtful about how I invest my energy. Because uh, if I keep going at this pace, like my, my symptoms flare and I feel awful. So I really had to kind of reevaluate like what, what am I most interested in? What's most important to me? What am I physically capable of doing at this particular point in my life? Um, so it's kind of a shift away from that, like super involved Danny to being like a little bit more mindful about what I was going to engage in. And like to this day, my, so my husband has a lot of outdoor hobbies. Like he loves mountain biking and trail running and has done some marathons and did some crazy, it wasn't an ultra marathon. I can't remember what it was called, but some crazy run in Moab this past year. And he just really likes to like challenge himself physically and I don't do that. And he's always kind of baffled. Like, he's like, I don't know why you don't try these things or push yourself. And it was really listening to the podcast that got me thinking, like, I just feel like this this huge shift away from being able to challenge myself physically or do things physically, like play soccer. And then I kind of threw myself into more kind of like intellectual endeavors or things that could just like challenge me mentally or cognitively or emotionally, because that felt more intact than than my physical body. So that was kind of the shift that I, I maybe I definitely could not, I don't even know if I could have articulated that a year ago, really was listening to podcasts that had me reflecting on, on that and thinking about that. So I definitely wouldn't have been able to express that or realize that in high school. But now I think that's a, that's probably some of the big identity shift that I experienced. What drove you to like be involved in things like beforehand, it's like before your junior year, you're saying that you're into soccer, into DACA, you're into all these other extracurriculars. And and you were also thinking about like college scholarships already. Like, yeah, what, what drove you to all that? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I just thought, why, why not? Like there's these like fun opportunities. And I think I was, you know, I definitely was like, how do I make the most of this high school experience? And there was definitely a part of me that was like, I definitely need to get scholarships to like pay for school and stuff. So it was, it was like, how can I like best spend my time, have fun, do things that will look good on a resume? Uh, I didn't really end up with hardly any scholarships, so it didn't it didn't help me in that way as I hoped it would. I, I think I just was like, there's lots of fun things to do and fun people to meet, and hopefully this will like serve me well educationally too. And I, I would say those were my big motivators. But it really helped me. You know, I had like soccer team friends. I had all my friends from AP classes. I had my friends in student government. And I just really enjoyed that kind of aspect of getting to know different people and having kind of different friend groups. And then we've talked about before we even started recording, like a few people have called you out saying like, hey, Danny was super like inclusive and nice and like, like a nice person yeah. that was like, reach out to someone and, and you know, do a do a little kindness for them. Or, like, not let Andy get away with crap. <laughs> or, no, that was Bryson. Oh, Bryson. <laughs> no, Andy said something similar. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, Bryson yeah. called me out for calling him out in yeah. class. So we, but we Andy said something like similar you. about, like, yeah, but being a like, Italian woman. Yes. <laughs> where does that come from? Like, what? where do you think that comes from? Gosh, yeah. As I've heard people mention my name, which I'm... Thank you to everyone who has said something kind. I'm truly, truly humbled by it. It And especially now being an expecting mother, it really had me looking to my parents. I ended up like having my mom listen to an episode, or, like a section of an episode where someone said something kind about me. And I just said, how do I, how do I make sure my kid is like this? Like, 
I attribute it to my parents. Like they, there's obviously something they did. What was that? You can have your parents raise your baby. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I just was like, I didn't view myself as like an overly kind or inclusive person in high school. I just was kind of there trying to not be a huge jerk to people. Um, Yeah. I asked my mom, like, what, what did you, how do I make sure that this is my kid too? Like I want my kid to make others feel this way, at least sometimes. I know no kid is perfect, but, and she was just like, I I don't know what we did. (laughs) Like, it's, It's you and how you chose to show up in the world. And, I think probably being diagnosed with the lupus when I was 17 played a part in that of just like, everyone's going through hard crap. And I think that I just see that I'm a very empathetic person. I can see what people are feeling very easily. Um, And so I think I just kind of, yeah, if I saw needs, if I saw that someone needed a kind word or a hello or whatever, just, just did it, I guess. But I'd, I'd like to attribute a lot of that to my parents and how they raised me. It seems like, and you said that you you weren't going out trying really hard to just make everybody feel good. And I think that that was, maybe that was the power of it. It didn't feel unnatural. It didn't feel forced. It was just organic. You were just genuinely a kind person. I assume you're still a kind person. But in high school, (laughs) you, yeah, but I think that that was what it was. And that's like all my memories of you were just like this big, beautiful smile. Like you were always happy, smiling. You made people feel good just by if it was just sharing a smile and I think that it didn't feel forced. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. why it was so powerful. And those people that can remember those like that, that really impacted a lot Mm -hmm. of people. That's really kind. Steve. thank you so much. And I know, you know, I was the recipient of people being kind to me as well, you know, and just all about kind of paying it forward. There's just so much hurt in the world and there's, you know, people, like I said, everyone is going through their own challenges and, whatever we can do to kind of just brighten people's day. I know that sounds like super cheesy as I say it out loud, but um, you know, it's, I, it is just how I, how I choose to exist in the world, I guess. It's okay to be cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> but Danny, how, how have you changed? Who's Danny today different from teenage? Yeah. So I feel like I've evolved a lot. I put in a lot of work in my 20s and early 30s to just kind of understand myself and grow as an individual and evolve. I I didn't grow up with any sort of faith. Like all of my best friends were, well, not all of them. Many of my closest friends were LDS. I was not LDS, which others have already shared their kind of experience of what that's like growing up in Utah, not being LDS. And my, my experience is similar. I didn't grow up in any sort of faith tradition. I became a more um, spiritual person in my early twenties. And, um, that even has like evolved and changed many times over throughout adulthood. So it's really been a a big process of deconstructing, um, identities and ideologies and beliefs about myself for the world. And then reconstructing as I learned new things about myself and have had different experiences throughout life. So I don't really have like a concrete answer of like who I am now and and how I've changed. It's mostly just, I look back at the last 18 years and I just think there's been a lot of exploring, um, a lot of therapy, honestly, um, and just trying to be open to changing as a person. Um, but does it, is, is faith and spirituality something that is important to you now? Is that something that yeah. is, is part of your personality now that maybe wasn't back then? Oh yeah, absolutely. So 
it's really important to me and it looks really different in my 20s i became really involved in like an evangelical christian church and i would not identify as a member of that community anymore but i feel very connected to god very feel like i see god and experience god in a lot of different ways through relationships through nature through experiences and it really like grounds me and offers me a lot of like peace and hope that i try to cling on to so yeah that has been um that was not a part of my existence at all in my teen years. And it's it's a big part of who I am now. Do you have similarities with your husband in that way? Yes and no. So he grew up in Texas in the Bible Belt and was homeschooled until high school and just was came from a very, very conservative evangelical family. So he had his own unique experience growing up, whereas I didn't grow up in any sort of church or faith tradition or, uh, you know, spiritual community of any sort. So when we met, we met at church in our early 20s. We were kind of on the same page then, but he had a different history than I had. And yeah, we've kind of both gone through this process of tearing it all down and building it back up and making sure that it has actual meaning and relevance in our lives and is something that is like central to who we are, but it looks different than it did for both of us earlier on. Sorry, I want to keep digging. So like, what are, what were the times in your life that made you think, oh, I want to seek out God more, or I want to, I want to experience faith, or I'm, I'm finding that these things are building me or, or, you know, it's like, what, what, I kind of want to know more about that experience. It's just like, yeah, the catalyst and kind of like how the transition like, how is faith helping you today? Or how has faith changed you? Like, how are you different today because of, of, of this big thing of finding yeah, faith or, or commuting with, with God? I'd be happy to share about that. So my most of my junior year and part of and my, my nearly my whole senior year, I dated a guy who didn't go to Jordan. Um, and we broke up shortly or like we broke up a little bit before we graduated. He was uh, two years older, so he was already graduated. But right before we graduated, we broke up. And then shortly after graduation, maybe like a month after graduation, he got in a terrible car accident. And we'd been broken up for that long. So his friend called me when it happened to let me know. And uh, my mom and I drove overnight to Grand Junction, Colorado, which is where he was life flighted to. And he was in the ICU. He had a traumatic brain injury. It was really bad. And I just remember wanting to pray. But I was like, I don't even know. Like, I've never really prayed before. I don't even know what this does. I don't really know what I believe in. But I felt this kind of desire to connect with something bigger than me. And that was kind of, I would say, the initial catalyst for just thinking about, like, what does this, what does, what is God? What does this maybe mean in my life, if anything at all? And shortly thereafter, I moved to the dorms at the U. Um, and thank goodness that my ex-boyfriend recovered from that injury and is fine. As far I mean, I've lost contact with him, but he recovered <laughs> at the time. Um, I think he's fine. Um, but, you know, I moved into the dorms and I was kind of alone for the first time. And like other 19-year-olds, just like figuring out who I was. And I actually, my whole freshman year, I was like, I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the whole thing, like as if it's a story. Well, I mean, it is, you know, in in a sense, it is a story. So I was like, I'm just going to read the whole thing. And so I spent my whole freshman year reading the Bible. And um, I didn't have very many friends in the dorms. I struggled a little bit to to make friends. But the one, like, friend that I did make went to a church in Salt Lake and was like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. Like, I don't really know what to expect, but sure. 
And so I started going to that church and I think it was seeing the community of people there and the way that they, they served each other and they served the community and just the, uh, I don't know. It's just like, I don't want to say that they all were like super joyful, happy, peaceful people. Like I didn't, I didn't observe that. It was real people going through hard things, but they had like a hope. Um, and that was really appealing to me. So that's kind of what started. Those were like the big catalysts for starting that, that faith journey. And I, that's the church that I met my husband at and I was involved in for many years, but eventually transitioned to a, a different church in Salt Lake. And yeah, I would say now, it, yeah, gosh, this could be like a whole hour long discussion in itself. So I'm trying to figure out like what to focus on and how to best answer your question. Yeah, I would say that it has really helped me to have more trust, more hope, more peace just really kind of surrendering that things are outside of my control, that there is like a loving, caring God who's with me no matter what, that I'm beloved, unconditionally beloved, that he offers us so much through experiences in the world, through nature, through relationships to teach us and help us grow. Those, that, those things have just really personally changed the way that I view life and the way that I uh, react to things in my life. Like, I I used to be a pretty anxious mess. I've struggled with mental health issues and those have not gone away just because I've found a relationship with God over the years, but they do give me, it does give me kind of like a different perspective and a different hope. And there have been times where I'm like, I don't even know if I believe in any of this crap. Like it is definitely like ebbed and flowed for sure. But I think now I'm, I'm in a place where I just see, I see God everywhere. Like I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like mystic, like hippy dippy about it. So, um, like I said, I could go on for like a whole hour about that, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I, if I still myself and I'm mindful and I'm just open my eyes and my heart and I look around, I see his love everywhere. And that just kind of changes the way that I'm able to be in the world, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, what have been your big lessons that you've learned? What are your big lessons? I think it like a big lesson learned is that it's okay to like ask questions and like, yeah, I was, I was showing up in my faith in one way for many years. And then I started to be like, some of this does not, not make sense. And in fact, I really disagree with and Like it's okay to question things and it's okay to learn new information and change your mind about things. It's okay to kind of, recreate yourself and evolve as a person as you have new life experiences there's like nothing that says you have to do one thing or be one way forever and accepting that has been really freeing to me I I'm like was pretty perfectionistic growing up and into my 20s and like thought I had like a certain path and things needed to look a certain way and I just kind of let that go like how I feel and what I'm passionate about today is not going to be the same well maybe it will be but there's a chance that it won't be the things that I love and am passionate about 10 years from, from now. And so you can change as a person and it's, it's healthy to ask questions and to be open to change. So I'm much more kind of like open-handed and kind of just like, well, whatever comes. I mean, even the parenthood thing, like for years, yeah, we've been married 11 years. I'm 36 years old and I'm having my first baby, right? Like for many years, I just was like, I just don't see that for myself. It's not a deep desire that I have. I loved being an aunt an actual aunt to my brother's kids. I loved being an honorary auntie to all of my friends' kids. I mean, my friends from 
high school, like, like some of my closest friends, like Maddie and Kasia, started having babies. I mean, Maddie has a kid that's turning 14 this year. Like I've been an honorary <laughs> auntie for years and have loved that role so much. I worked with babies. Like it's just, it never was something for myself and it was okay. It was okay. And I kept on kind of having to reexamine, is this something I want for myself? Is this something that I think is supposed to be a part of my journey? And the answer was no for a long time. And then it was yes. And now here I am. So this has shifted my values. It shifted uh, my priorities, especially in terms of my career. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's fun talking to people like you and like Rafi, same kind of thing where it's like not having a baby till like your mid thirties is different than some, you know, having it when you're 20 years old or 22 and just yeah. the amount of information, you know, and experiences you've had that people that have children so young don't have. And so it'll be great. And especially with your particular training with occupational therapy, working with kids, it's like, you're going to be just like this super mom that has all the right mom. answers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this poor kid is just like going to be like in therapy all the time with me. <laughs> like, just, so well adjusted. Like, can I just play mom? <laughs> like, I just, my, my life's hard because my mom is just too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my gosh, no. No, it'll be like, will you just like let me be a kid and not be like making me hold my pencil correctly and whatnot? <laughs> but um, my husband and I were like watching like a online kind of like childbirth education, newborn education prep class. And there was a section on tummy time and he was like, you don't like need to watch this, right? Like, you're just going to tell me what I need to do to make sure the kid develops normally, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, normally, whatever that means. I don't even believe in that term. But I was like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I got you covered. We don't need to watch the 15 minute tummy time video. Like, I'll, I'll show you what to do. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's just like, are you going to be hyper vigilant or hyper aware of any developmental? Like, it's like, um, Every milestone yeah. that needs to be in. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to gonna need to like, like bring like, it in a little bit. He needs to be holding his fork <laughs> like this. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um. Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are yeah, what are some, some of the things that you're passionate about right now in your life? Yeah, so I'm really passionate about mentoring students. Um a big part of my role as an educator is actually more on like mentorship. I help our doctorate students to plan and carry out their doctoral capstones. It's not quite the same as a dissertation. It's like a little bit different, but um, it's, it's mostly mentoring, not teaching. And I just love getting to know students' individual passions and interests and then helping to foster them. I had a little bit of a hard time when I left clinical practice because I was like, am I making a difference anymore? Like it's not as tangible where you like see a child learn how to walk or see a kid try a new food for the first time. And it's this very like obvious, like, okay, like I played a part in helping this family or whatever. I don't get that anymore, but I get to help students have that. And so I feel like the trickle or kind of the ripple, I guess is the better word effect is, is even greater. And so it just brings me a lot of joy to see students succeed. And I'm, I'm trying to develop my skills as an effective mentor. So yeah, just helping students to believe in themselves and find their passions is something that I'm really passionate about. Early on, you went into pediatric. Did you have a mentor that pushed you in that direction or helped you figure that out? Or Not necessarily. I don't know if I would describe them as a mentor, but you have to do like internships as part of your training in OT school. And then in my last internship, which was like three months full time, was at one of primary children's outpatient clinics. And so my clinical instructor there was an excellent role model and educator. And 
actually like going through all my other internships, I kind of started to get nervous because I was like, well, I don't like that. And I don't like that. And like, maybe I didn't actually choose the right, the right career. And then I got to this pediatric setting and was like, holy cow, if I could do this all day long and like get paid to play with kids and help families, that's like amazing. So I think just that, that internship as a whole is what kind of influenced me to pursue pediatrics. And then in my first pediatric job, uh, which was early intervention, I was going home to home with uh, babies and toddlers. I did have a mentor in that setting who helped me, you know, be as effective as possible. So yeah, I've had some some good mentors over the years. And now it, even in education, like I, I haven't been an educator, I've just been teaching full time for four years. So I've had some excellent faculty members who have mentored me. Um, and just want to pay that forward to other students. So yeah, I've kind of made like a conscious decision to like not do this as much on social media, because I felt like I was just like, trying to convince people who thought the same way as me to, of something. I am I'm pretty passionate about several social justice issues. And I used to like post things about it. And then I'm like, everyone who follows me is like, kind of think similarly, similar to me. So I don't know what I'm just posting echo chamber. for. Like, yeah. yeah, it is just a total echo chamber. Like I have a a small group of people that I interact with on social media and, and no, no, like whatever, if other people want to do that and it makes them feel empowered or whatever, that's totally fine. Um, and I was doing that for a long time, but I've kind of just gone back to like, oh, I just post like funny pictures of my dog and stuff and <laughs> me and my husband. But yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about several social justice issues and just trying to figure out how I can um, be more involved or um, take actionable steps or, um, even help my students, like mentor my students in, in those areas and help them make meaningful change in certain areas. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm, I'm what are a few of those? In, yeah. Are you comfortable are sharing? Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a progressive person, so I'm, it's pride month, happy pride month. Um, and I'm very, you know, a huge support of LGBTQ plus rights. Um, just, trying to figure out and that's like a big part of faith journey too, like figuring out how to be in spiritual communities that are affirming of people um, of all different gender identities and sexual orientation. So trying to, to figure out how to be a better ally all the time. I'm a city commissioner for the city of Pasadena on the disability and accessibility commission. So trying to figure out how to improve quality of life and accessibility and equal opportunities for people with different disabilities living in my community. Um, so I'd say those are two, two big ones that there's a lot of other kind of areas that I'm interested in too. Um, but those are, those are two big ones that have been on my mind recently. Have you always been like that or have you had, has that just evolved over time? Have I always been a good liberal? Is that what you're asking me, Steve? <laughs> I guess. I, like, have you always been passionate about those things? Or have you have you been a lot more active in the last few years? I would say more active in the last, well, like in the last decade. Um, and even just more active in um, just, you know, I just, I thought a lot in the last couple of years about like, what does it mean to be a good citizen in the world? Like, how do we show up and be citizens in our country, like good citizens in our country and in our world? And I think that there are very small everyday ways we can do that. And I think there are very big ways that people choose to do that. And sometimes in my life, I've been able to be more involved in those bigger ways. And sometimes it's more just kind of like the small things that I can do, you know, such as like help my students, you know, I have students who are like really interested in how to help people that are unhoused and figuring out how to help support them and their passions and getting back on their feet. Or, you know, I do have students who've been really interested in how do we better prepare 
healthcare practitioners to work with people from the LGBTQ population. So maybe it's just through my own job, like helping students um, find routes to do those things that they're passionate about. So yeah, I'd say in the last couple of years, I've, I've thought a lot about like, how do I be a better citizen? What does that mean? Being more active voter, being more educated about the issues going on in the world. And it's a lot. Like sometimes I can't, sometimes it's too much. Um, lately it's been a lot and I've had to kind of like protect my well-being and not take on too much, being mindful of my pregnancy and then how stressed, you know, managing stress and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I would say that just kind of over time as I've, and, and really what it is, is getting more and more life experiences with different kinds of people, right? So there might be things that I've never thought of or haven't really cared about until I meet someone and then um, and I hear their story and I learn more about their unique lived experience. That makes me go, huh, how can I, like, how can I show up in some way um, here? So, yeah, I'm definitely not trying to save the world. I don't think I'm capable of that. But it's actually this morning, my pastor shared an Octavia Butler quote that I'd never heard before that I loved. She said, all social justice work is fiction writing. And I love that. Like, you're, you're, envisioning or hoping for or working towards a reality that doesn't exist yet right um like yeah she's a she's a black woman she was just sharing like civil rights activists in the past who envisioned a future that would allow her to do some of the things that she's doing today that women like her 60 years ago 70 years ago couldn't do and um i just really love that quote and i'm just yeah i'm thinking about like what what small ways, what big ways can I like envision or contribute to a better future um, in my like little community here in Pasadena? I mean, I'm just starting here in my with my own family, with my own son, with my own neighborhood, and then kind of go from there. So, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Danny, do we uh, do we have any beef? Oh my gosh, I was trying to think about the beef. I don't have beef. I don't know if it's because like. I don't have the best memory in the world. Like sometimes when I like hang out with Maddie or Keja or even, so I, I still talk with um, Hamza and Davis Timpson and Andy and I are like on this text chain and we text each other all the time about life things and share, share funny stuff. Well, like if one of us comes across an old picture, we'll send it to each other. And sometimes people will bring up memories from high school. And I'm like, I have zero recollection of what you're talking about. And I did not, <laughs> I, I was not drinking in high school. Like it's not because I was like out of it or something. I just don't have a great memory. So I don't, I could not think of any beef. I feel like people, like I said at the beginning, most of my high school experiences were super positive. I think back with like fun, fond memories. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I've got some beef. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have anything. <laughs> I wanted to hear it. I was like, they've got to have a story or I know, two. I wish I had some. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Do I'm the girl who pants Sophia. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> no, she said blonde. <laughs> <laughs> she said blonde. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I wasn't always nice. <laughs> That's lonely. That would have been blemish on that record. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I did something of that nature. I was not not a perfect kid, so. <laughs> Do you have anything so that you'd like to promote? No. <laughs> I don't have anything really that I'd like to promote. Um, 
yeah, other, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, it is Pride Month, so if there's someone in your in your universe who identifies in that community, share some love with them this month. Um, I mean, always, but especially this month. But yeah, I don't think I have a whole lot to promote. I'm just preparing to have this little little guy in the next couple of weeks. So that's really where my focus has been and just trying to wrap my head around this massive life change that's about to occur. And you're you going to be so tired. You get it. <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone says. They're like, just you get ready. <laughs> that's the one thing. Like, so our youngest, we had, we were like 32. And I just remember from the first kids that we had in our 20s, we had way more energy than like with our last one. Yeah. Like so, so much. The lack of sleep hit us way harder with the last one. <laughs> yeah. I, there's no way for me to ever know, right? Because I, I chose to have a kid at this point in my life and not earlier. But I often wonder, like, would I, would I feel like this? Would I be this exhausted now, let alone, you know, once he's here, if I was doing this at, like, 26 as opposed to 36? <laughs> but I have no yeah. way of knowing. I feel very strongly <laughs> that it, it happened at this, at this point in my life for a particular reason. I needed to, I needed to grow up in some ways and, and do some work on myself. So I... I am, I'm accepting it and taking on that I'm of advanced maternal age is what they like to, it's what they like to call it. And, um, I just embraced it and it's going to be exhausting. You're going to love it. You're going to be such a good mom and it's the best and it's hard and it's the best. I just, I'm super excited for you. Maybe it'll be really easy. I don't know. Who knows? Like just sleep so good, eat so good. No problems. Poop every time you poop. Even when it's easy, it's not easy. Being a parent is the hardest job. So I, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot over the years about holding both and like, it's not either easy or hard. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be like super joyful and the hardest thing I've ever done. And, um, trying to just like, Get ready for that. <laughs> I'm sure that doctorate was pretty hard. Well, we're looking forward to lots of just fun pictures and lots of cute baby yes, pictures. Yes, I'll definitely post pictures. I'll send some of your guys' way. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day he'll be like a little baby beat digger himself. Never know. But Maybe. One can hope. <laughs> gotta find like a baby beat digger onesie or something for him. <laughs> mm, we gotta get on that. As someone, someone from. Yeah, you guys don't have this? merch yet. You no. need to make some merch. <laughs> the very first merch is gonna be like a Stephen Gonzo onesie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baby, baby clothes. <laughs> I just totally have him rock like a onesie. Baby clothes. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. So fun. Be That's amazing. a big market in Utah. <laughs> People I'd love to be grouped to be like you guys. You guys were so fun and kind in high school, so <laughs> I'd be all about, you know, put, putting you on a onesie on him. <laughs> oh, thank you, Danny. Is there anything, I know you said you had some notes. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that <laughs> yeah, you had written down? I don't think so, and I honestly didn't end up having to look at them a whole lot because you guys are just so easy to talk to, but yeah, I think I, I think I covered it all, and I just really appreciate this opportunity to share a little bit about what my journey's been and to see both of you guys. Oh, thank you. It was so fun. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'll just keep, uh, I'll keep looking at your Instagram, wait for that baby to come see some videos. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be some baby spam in the near future for sure. So (laughs) I can't wait. Best kind of spam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I love any, anyone that has a baby. It's like, 
uh, Lisa Morgan, um, that mm-hmm. she, her and her triplets, I'll always look at oh like, and Raffi and her baby boy. It's like, he's so cute. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, stop whatever I'm doing. I'm just like, I'm going to watch this guy yes. falling in the, at the beach so or whatever. <laughs> so adorable. I love it too. I love seeing all the, the cute pictures of the kids and not, not all babies anymore, right? Like a lot of people yeah, have like teenagers know. at this point, which is know, awesome and wild and <laughs> so fun. I'm like, gosh, Maddie's kids could like babysit my, my son if we lived in the same place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but there will be. There will be some baby spam on on the socials. <laughs> oh, love it! Can't wait. Well, Danny, it, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure just yeah. chatting with you, catching up. Yeah, thank you guys so much. So good to see you. Have a great rest of the night. Thank you, you too. too. Good night. Bye. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Danny. What are your thoughts? I man, she said so many great things. I loved it. I I love that she grew up not having any kind of like faith system or community and it allowed her to create one for herself. And I think because she didn't have anything that she was originally taught, like as a kid growing up, it allowed her to change her mind as like she talked about, like as I meet new people and have new experiences, it allows me to change my mind. And all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I actually don't agree with that thing at all. And so she makes a change. And so I loved hearing her talk about kind of that faith journey of having experiences that caused her to have like that spark or that desire to have faith, seek it out, find things that work for her as things change, as she changes, as she learns more, that has changed. And it was just really, I don't know, really inspiring to me to hear that. And I just love that it wasn't, there was nothing set in her mind that she had to like fight against. Ah, well, I was raised thinking this and now I don't. I love that it came from a desire. Like it was during a traumatic or a stressful experience, but it came from her heart. She's like, I want to pray. It's like, I want to find hope. I want to find comfort in something bigger than myself. Yeah. So I, I thought that was great. I loved it. I loved her positivity. I love that. She's passionate about helping her com- in her community. It's like if she's found a, com- a, a profession that needs kindness, or that needs caring for others. Patience. Yeah. And so it, it's almost like her personality as a, someone in high school that would reach out to another person. And like, obviously, she's also, she doesn't want to brag about herself, but. She was that one person who would reach out. It's like, you know, it's, she's like, I'm, I'm not, but, and it, you know, Lacey was saying like, no one else talked to me in the class, just her, you know? So it's like, she's a kind person at heart mm-hmm. and she has love to share. And I think she found a profession that allowed her to do that. But then not only within her profession, but within her community, advocating for, um, people with disabilities in her community or people, people in the plus. LGBTQ plus community too. It's just, you can tell that it's someone that not only feels like, Oh, I, it's like, Oh, these are things that should be done. She's one of the people that like goes out and, and does it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's inspiring. 
Like she's not just sitting in her living room complaining <laughs> yeah. and then doing nothing. Like she's actively involved in her community, in her church. Like I, I think it's cool. And it's, it's cool because she's, I mean, she talked about how it's brought her kind of just like this peace and just, you know, a willingness to, to take like whatever life gives her. And she's also created what she wants. And I think it's awesome. Really inspiring. Um, I wish we had some beef though. I know. I, I wish I had some beef, but she's just a sweet person. So yeah, I, I don't have any beef. Yeah. So I'm glad she came on. It was really cool. And I, I it was fun just to have her react like, oh my gosh, I have to wait months. Okay. <laughs> no, she's just like, I think she just hoped to be like, right. I was like, sorry, we're not doing, we're not recording as many. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was great. And I'm excited for her to have a baby. And that guy immediately thought about Rafi. Like, yeah. Well, so Danny just talked about how it's like I graduated high school, I went to college, I got my bachelor's, I got my master's. Like it was very much like a she had after she graduated high school, like a decade of getting her schooling and her certificates and her degrees, and then like boom. And then once she was like I graduated, then I got married, and now I'm working, and then it's just cool to see there's like a very definitive like start and end to each of these chapters in her life, you know? And I, I think it's going to be really cool to see like the things that she knows and the person that she is. It'll be great to see, you know, that kind of stuff in action as a parent for the yeah. first time. Cause I think everybody that doesn't have kids are like the perfect parents. Like, Oh, just like do this. Like, when it's your own, when, it, when it's actually your kid, you're like, that doesn't work. Like, why did you just wipe poop all over the walls? Why did you do that? And there's no answer. Uh, your kid doesn't sleep. Have you tried telling him to sleep? <laughs> no, I never <laughs> uh, Steve, you should have told that kid not to wipe poop all over the walls. Parenting done. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, good. Uh, I'll remember that next time. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I loved it. I, it made me, I don't know. I, just, I loved it. So I'm excited for her and uh, I hope we get to stay in touch. It'll be fun to see how life changes for her over the next few weeks. It was good to talk to her. If you'd like to be on the show, reach out to us. Uh, you can send an email to jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com or shoot us a text or a message on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we love all the feedback we do get from everybody and just hope everybody's being safe out there and just spreading the love. Yeah. Send in a voice memo I, I don't, about anything. We just haven't gotten any in a while. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.